Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony. Let's dive into some great music. But first, get your party gear on. It's time for a little celebration. I'm in a celebratory, festive mood, so we're going to listen to some joyful, uplifting Haydn. Pretty much all Haydn is joyful and uplifting. Franz Joseph Haydn worked for a prince. Actually, four successive princes of Esterhazy over the course of his lifetime. And he ran the musical life of the prince's palaces, looking after the orchestra and musicians, writing almost on-demand operas, symphonies, church music, music for special occasions, and over 200 works for one particular prince's favourite instrument, the now defunct and long-forgotten baritone kind of cello. From the late 1760s, the summer months were spent at their brand new palace, Esterhaza, which was built on swampy ground near a lake in a remote part of Hungary, but still represented a significant upgrade to the hunting lodge that had been there, because it's a kind of Hungarian Versailles. It was pretty remote though. The musicians didn't enjoy being there, because their families were still back at the main residence 50 miles away. And it must have been quite a coup to get a visit from the Empress herself, Maria Theresia, sovereign of Austria, Hungary, Croatia, Bohemia, Transylvania, Mantua, Milan, Lodomeria and Galicia, the Austrian Netherlands and Parma. Also, Duchess of Lorraine, Grand Duchess of Tuscany and Empress of the Holy Roman Empire. I don't know about you, but she's a bit of a history block for me. I'd never heard of her. My UK schooling jumped from Queen Elizabeth to Queen Victoria, and the idea that there might be female rulers in their own right in other countries was simply never mentioned. Many of Haydn's symphonies have nicknames. It's a handy way of differentiating them when there are 104 of them. The number 48 today's magic number, is called Maria Theresia, because it was long thought to have been written for the Empress's visit. But it now turns out that this piece was probably written a whole four years before, and there was no way they were going to offer her up old music. She got to see a brand new puppet opera. So like many of the other nicknames for pieces of classical music, this goes in the pile marked wrong, not even in the pile marked tenuous. It's a great piece though, and you can see why people thought it might have been suitable for an eminent royal guest. It opens with these stratospherically high, triumphant horn fanfares, right at the furthest limits of the instrument. It's thrilling stuff. It's the kind of thing that you might expect to hear on trumpets, but Haydn didn't have any trumpet players in the band at Esterhaza. There aren't many recordings of this piece, but lots of them use a later version of the symphony that has trumpets added to it, to the outer movements anyway. Let's have a compare and contrast moment. That's got a kind of ceremonial feel, don't you think? Here's the original version.
Now taking aside the difference in speed and maybe vitality of the performance, which do you prefer? For me, the trumpets often drown out the horns. Not surprising because horns face backwards and they give it a different sound quality. And because it's easier to play for a trumpet, it makes the whole thing sound more conventional, less dangerous. So for me, with apologies if this is just a horn player bias, in this piece, it's horns only for me every time. Haydn practically laid out the rules for what a symphony should consist of and how a good classical symphony should sound. It's all about proportion, style and grace. Also, energy, wit, and dance. This symphony comes right in the middle of what's known as Haydn's Sturm und Drang period, storm and stress, but there's not much evidence of either on show in this piece. It's in four movements, like most classical symphonies. Two fast outer movements, with a longer, beautiful slow movement, and the traditional pair of dances, a minuet and trio, filling the sandwich. The whole thing lasts about 25 minutes. There's nothing I want to pick out in particular here, though that opening is pretty startling. This isn't music that's going to shake you to the core. I don't think, anyway. It may still be a life-changing experience, who am I to judge? It only takes a fleeting moment to change everything in an instant. What this piece will definitely do, though, is make you feel happy. Haydn's not trying to change the world, or the listener with this music. It's pure entertainment. But it's entertainment of the highest craft, written by a genius who's filled with the joy of being alive, and it's infectious. Let's have a listen. Click on the links in the show notes, and then when you're done, leave us a comment to tell us what you think, or to wish me a happy birthday. That way, I'll know you listened all the way to the end. And you can leave a comment either at cacophonyonline.com or via Facebook or Twitter. Please subscribe to the podcast, support it via coffee, tell everyone you know about it, maybe by sharing the trailer. Please come back for more next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>